Hello, my name is Deborah Hamilton, and welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This podcast seeks to define and explain this important question from multiple points of view and disciplines. We will interview owners, breeders, caregivers, defenders, advocates, champions, and educators. The mission of this podcast is to seek and foster collaborative conversations so that every point of view feels heard, acknowledged, and appreciated. I look forward to your joining us on this journey toward a better understanding of similar and divergent points of view. It is possible to have an impossible conversation. It starts with listening first. I'm so glad you're here listening in with me. Now let's get started. It's Deborah Hamilton again, and today I am with Scott Fine of Joey's Legacy. This is an incredible group that all of you are going to hear more about today. But first, I am so grateful that Scott and I met several years ago, and he created this wonderful group that works together to help pet owners because they know why do pets matter? Well, he's going to tell us. So, Scott, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Deborah. Uh, my pleasure, and thank you for the invitation. Very much appreciated. Well, tell us a little bit about um, how you feel or find pets matter in your life. Joey was uh, the love of our lives. Uh, we had Joey since he was about six weeks old. Um, he, he was a joy. He would be there every day at the door when we came home from work. Uh, he always waited for his belly rub. Uh, we'd take him out. He wouldn't go out without my wife. Uh, we'd go out and he would do his thing. We'd come back in and play and he'd sleep with us. And he was just a joy every single day. We just, we just loved him more than more than life itself. And what kind of dog was Joey? Joey was a, a purebred dachshund. Ah, we, we hear it, you know, why do pets matter? Love dachshunds because I actually had standard um, long hair dachshunds. So is he smooth, wire or long hair? No, he's short hair, smooth. Smooth, wonderful. Yeah. Was he a mini or a standard? He was a standard. Oh, Definitely a standard. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they just warm our hearts. So he was part of your life. And then unfortunately, um, he is the reason why you started Joey's Legacy. So generally, let us know, you know, what happened and then tell us more about Joey's Legacy. So uh, we had an unfortunate experience uh, where Joey's care uh, didn't, apparently uh, reached the level that it needed to, and we lost him. Um, we decided that uh, we didn't want any other pet parent to have to endure what we endured. Sadly, we found out in the last two and a half years, there are so many more of us that have had to endure uh, uh, treatment that didn't uh, meet up to par with, with what was necessary. Uh, a lot of people out there found us through Facebook and our website. And um, we're very gratified. We now have over a thousand members uh, in just a uh, little over two years. Uh, we've uh, put together a nationwide uh, network of veterinary experts and attorneys that assist our members. Um, in seeking justice for mistakes that were made. Uh, of course, not every case were there mistakes made. Uh, in many cases, it is determined that mistakes were made 
And from that point, the uh, the attorneys step in and uh, seek justice, uh, seek accountability, responsibility, and liability where it's deemed necessary. You know, it's so interesting because when we have conversations with our caregivers, be it a groomer, be it a kennel operator, be it a veterinarian, um, being able to have that conversation at the time the um, outcome happens, so to speak, whether it's good or bad, is is really important. And I know you and I talked way back when, before Joey's legacy um, had been formally started, and you said some kind things about me, so I'm going to be really authentic and say, I'd love to hear them again, um, Scott, because I didn't realize that I had had such an impact on the creation of Joey's legacy. And I'm, I'm humbled and grateful that because of our conversation, you were able to put together this group that helps pet owners um, find closure so that their pets, they understand better what their pets went through, um, understand and have everyone take responsibility for their role in what occurred um, and move forward and help others not to experience it in the same way. So, and I'm happy to revisit that conversation because it really was the, uh, the first domino that was knocked over toward the success that we've achieved in the last two, two and a half years. Uh, prior to meeting you, um, there were, I had a, a lot of close friends that were very negative toward the idea of uh, doing a Joey's Legacy type of an organization. Uh, some of the things they mentioned were that uh, we'd never get an attorney to uh, join us uh, for reasons that uh, pets are considered property in, uh, I believe, 49 out of 50 states now, or are going to be in the exception, um, that their damages are minimal uh, when it comes to seeking justice in these types of cases. And, um, you know, it just wouldn't be worth it to the pet parent economically in terms of legal fees and costs. So, uh, you know, it's probably uh, an undertaking not worth pursuing. And I still wanted to find a way to help uh, people that were in the same situation as we were. And then one of our members told me about an attorney named Deborah Hamilton. That was Heidi you, from Cuddle Pets, right? It was. And uh, she said, you should contact Deborah and see what her thoughts are on something like this. And I did. I remember going out to my car during my lunch hour and, uh, it was, I believe it was one of the hotter months here in, in uh, Florida. Sat in the car, turned the AC on, and had what I thought would be a 10 or 15-minute conversation, which I thought would end the same way all of my other conversation ended, where uh, I would basically be told, you know, maybe it's not such a good idea. Well, much to my surprise, that 10, 15-minute conversation lasted um, almost an hour, and I had a, a, a new lease on uh, – the way I was uh, perceiving uh, uh, Joey's legacy uh, because of you. And that was the, uh, that was it. That was the beginning of Joey's legacy. And I just continued to uh, uh, contact uh, experts in the field um, and continued to uh, add to our group. And as I mentioned, we're over a thousand members now. Uh, we have 23, I believe, attorneys. 
uh, around the country, and we have four vet experts at this time. We have plans to expand in 2020 to add more vet experts and more attorneys. Uh, and we're just very uh, grateful for the support that we received. Um, and we're very excited about the future and continuing to help people. Sadly, um, because our membership has grown, that clearly means there are more victims out there. And, um, you know, we're very, uh, we try to be very objective. We really just want the, the subset of the veterinary industry that I call the bad actors. And, you know, we understand the majority of veterinarians provide quality care, competent care. The bad actors um, are the ones that uh, typically uh, do what they do, which uh, we want to seek accountability for. Many are serial offenders. And if uh, our vet boards, who typically are lenient in terms of imposing uh, disciplinary action toward their colleague veterinarians, if they uh, adhere to the state sentencing guidelines, more stringently, some of the serial offenders that are out there today would not be practicing and other uh, pets would not be affected. You know, it's so it's so difficult to be able to have a conversation with a pet service provider, be it the um, veterinarian or the groomer or the kennel operator, because when you try to have that conversation, uh, they definitely um, have a moment where the fear and the fight and flight come in. And your group actually has created an opportunity where if, say, a conversation can't be had at the time, which is the practice I um, facilitate, then there's another conversation where responsibility can be taken, uh, action can be taken, and corrective action can be taken so that maybe the veterinarians um, are serial bad actors, as you said, or maybe they just made a mistake in this case, and this will help them uh, know not to do it anymore and to communicate more fully with their clients because they'll understand what didn't occur uh, what, which created this disconnect in the communication piece and um, ultimately may lead into um, ineffective care of someone's pet. So that's why I'm so grateful that Joey's Legacy has started this educational piece. It's brought together attorneys, veterinarians, and, and it probably will expand to bring in experts in all pet service professions because, unfortunately, people across the board don't necessarily um, take responsibility for uh, accidents when they happen or things that occur that they could have avoided uh, when they're caring for our pets. And that's why pets matter, because we we want to know that the person we leave our pet with for medical care, for grooming care, uh, for kenneling care while we're on vacation is really going to. That's why we had Carmen Rustin back on, because we really want the people who are taking care of our pets to be responsible and take responsibility. And our, uh, our thing, Deborah, is very simple. Do no harm. That's all it is. It's, you know, me per personally, on a personal note, I don't care if these if veterinarians make a million dollars a week. It makes no difference to me. You know, make as much as the market will allow you to make. It's, it just provide quality care and do no harm. That's all we ask. 
Absolutely. And, and communicate. And communicate. And that's the other thing we find in a lot of cases that we're told by our members that um, the, um, the practitioner fails to be totally forthcoming with the events that led up to the uh, permanent injury or demise of the pet. And a lot of them say if they had just been forthcoming with me, uh, I might not have pursued the matter as, as uh, you know, aggressively, as vigorously as I have. Um, and so honesty is the best policy. It's what we learn as children. Some of us don't bring it into our later years. Uh, some bad actors don't either. But uh, there would be better outcomes for both sides, I believe, if the uh, practitioners were totally forthcoming. And I have to tell you, Scott, it's really interesting when I go to my animal law committee meetings where there are incredible advocates for animal welfare and animal rights, they they often hold veterinarians um, to a, a negative standard because veterinarians don't take responsibility uh, for their mistakes. It's their opinion. It's their view. It's, it's um, their lens through which they're looking at how veterinarians act. And then I go to the business of the American Veterinary Medical Law Association, and they say, listen, you know, we have our um, reviewers review the um, notes of the vet and nothing's wrong here. And so we're not going to subject our vet to having to talk to or listen to, you know, uh, an emotional pet owner. And of course, you and I probably had this conversation in that hot car in Florida, which is that's the disconnect. Right. If, in fact, the veterinarian is given legal advice that says, don't worry about it, don't talk to this person, they have no case, it creates the perfect storm that Joey's legacy will respond to. Because, exactly. because people just want to know more, want to hear more, want to be able to have a conversation with their veterinarian um, and understand better. And, and as you said at the end of that wonderful explanation of what it is your purpose for Joey's legacy is, is that you want to know what went wrong. You want somebody to take responsibility. And you know what, if, if say you have cruciate um, surgery and the vet doesn't tell you completely how to prepare a dog for recovery, then that's on everyone. That's, oh, I didn't follow the rules and the paperwork, or I didn't tell her that she couldn't bring the dog on the, you know, um, tile floor for nine weeks because I just didn't think of it. And it's that communication. So I always tell the people from the Animal Law Committee, um, if this is a chicken or the egg question. So is it that the veterinarians are not talking to their clients because they're avoiding responsibility, or is it because we, their attorneys, told them not to? And so they're in a catch-22. And, and so your group is helping facilitate the legal um, uh, entry into having that conversation. And my practice, hopefully, will create something that will enable your members and everyone else to have the conversation with veterinarians confidentially before any litigation takes place. Because you created Joey's legacy to have a conversation when exactly. you can't have a conversation. Yes. And, and when we talked, probably when you were we were in Florida, you were in Florida in the hot car. I apologize. Um, they, uh, it, it, I always talk about having that conversation 
um, while you still can, while everybody is still just sorting out their emotions. Right. And, um, you know, we've had uh, a number of uh, cases where our vet experts have quite frankly said there is no malpractice here. Nothing took place that their vet is responsible for. And, you know, some pet owners accept it. Some pet owners don't. But that's the reality of what we're doing. Not every case is malpractice and not every case is not malpractice. Some are, some aren't. And I, I applaud our vet experts for uh, for what they do. They're very objective. And uh, we really haven't had any issues with where pet owners um, would come back and say, hey, you know, I, I got the wrong opinion. The, that, that, that vet expert is wrong. Give me another one, which we'll do. And when they get the second opinion, which matches the first, you know, they, they come to the point where they have to make a decision uh, that, uh, okay, I have to accept what reality is and move on or keep finding vet expert after vet expert until I get the answer I'm looking for. We, we have helped almost 50 members in the past two years um, seek justice. Uh, many of them have achieved justice through a variety of ways. Uh, some haven't because of what I just explained. But we will continue to move forward, help as many as we can. Whoever comes to us, we have a, a certain protocol that we follow. Um, and, you know, we hope that the, uh, the final decision in the case is based on truth, reason, and logic. And, you know, it, it, I know even when the veterinarians review the, the expert veterinarians review the records and say, you know, there, unfortunately there's no malpractice here. It's just an unfortunate outcome that no one intended. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And you'll confirm this for me that Joey's legacy gives the owners time to, um, to grieve that information and help them process it in a way that had, the veterinarian be given that opportunity, they would have done it as well because I think veterinarians pretty much know when they've made a mistake or haven't made a mistake. Um, and most of them want to have the conversation but are thwarted by malpractice insurance providers saying you don't have to talk to the person. And that really creates that disconnect. And I know that Joey's legacy gives these owners who um, may not have an actionable cause uh, closure. You know, they have two vets saying, you know, it is unfortunate this happened. And the vet likely should have spoken to you uh, in a in a way that would have given you closure then and you wouldn't have to proceed this way. Uh, but they didn't, for whatever reason, um, mostly, you know, uh, Scott, people yeah. avoid conflict like the yeah. plague. Right, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's not have that conflict conversation. Right. And I'm sure when your vet experts look at the information and don't find any actionable, they feel bad too. Yes. And, and you know, there were new members that come to us uh, deeply grieving as we all did in the beginning. And I still do. Um, they'll come to us with their story. Um, and, after a short period of time being in the group and receiving uh, comments from other members, supportive comments, um, they'll actually post a comment. I'm so glad I found this group. If 
nothing happens with seeking justice. At least I have new friends that understand where I've been and how I feel. And that's one of the more valuable aspects of this group, support for each other, you know, sharing, sharing the love between each other, understanding what everyone else has been through. Uh, we have a, a grief counselor that's part of our group um, named Sarah Bird. Um, and many of our members have sought her counsel, her assistance. Uh, she's been um, helping uh, families in crisis for a very long time. Okay. She's very good at what she does, and she's actually helped me greatly. Uh, we've had uh, weekly conversations. Uh, she lives probably about 100, 150 miles away from where I live. Um, and she's actually been able to poke holes in my wall of grief and help me see some other things in my life that uh, in a different perspective than the way I've been looking at it. And I'm actually starting to lift myself out of my, uh, out of my hole, for lack of a better word. Uh, and so she's a wonderful person, very skilled, very educated. And uh, like I said, many of our members have sought her counsel and advice. And um, that's another thing that Joey's Legacy does. We understand that every um, pet parent is devastated by a horrific event, uh, like the one they've suffered. And we try to provide as much support and, um, and counsel as we can to help them navigate their way through all of the grief and despair. You know, and that is such a gift to people who regardless of whether or not it was vet, you know, um, misdiagnosis, mistreatment. Um, it, it's about the core people who are going to help you take that first step. And I, I love that Sarah is with the group and maybe we'll ask you to introduce us so we can have her on and she can talk about what she does and Joey's legacy again, because it is such a vast um, support network that you've provided for people who are grieving their pets. And I know that that most of the people on this podcast, Why Do Pets Matter, uh, understand why pets matter. They become part of our entire life. We, we build our lives around them. We, you know, we don't begrudge the fact that we have to get home from work and we don't begrudge the fact we, you know, have to go on vacation and find somebody to take care of them. Um, and we don't, um, want to allow something to happen to them without some sort of explanation and closure. And I think that's what Joey's legacy provides. If not, you know, full-blown litigation for malpractice, it gives people some more information that we would hope the original vet um, would be able to do and may not have been able to do due to, you know, bad legal advice, in my opinion, um, because had they spoken, they might have been able to um, have closure for their client in a way that they both work together. Uh, but yes. sometimes that's thwarted by the, the system that, you know, you and I are both trying to change, which I yes. appreciate. I really do. So as a wrap up, um, thinking about Joey's legacy and thinking about Joey, um, what would you like the listeners to take away on why do pets matter to Scott Fine? Well, to us, pets matter because Joey provided unconditional love as all pets do. They're just there for you no matter what kind of day you had, no matter what kind of mood you're in. They're there to try to cheer you up. Um, Joey 
was no exception. He did that for us. And in families where the pet may represent the only source of unconditional love because of negative relationships between the humans, um, I think the, the, the level of grief is uh, so profound and it's exacerbated uh, when there's no other uh, support system in the family. And uh, unfortunately, ma many of our members uh, have come to me uh, and told me that that's their situation. And uh, it just makes it uh, th that more difficult to try to navigate through. Uh, but we'll, we'll continue to do what we can to get through this uh, or help them get through their horror, their grief, their devastation. And um, I'm very grateful that you allowed me this time because uh, this is a message that needs to be told. Um, one day we hope that uh, our vet boards will uh, be inclined to or be compelled rather, hopefully to adhere to state sentencing guidelines uh, and impose the level of disciplinary action required of a second or subsequent offender and not receive the uh, slap on the wrist, first offender punishment in almost every case. You know, it's interesting you you wrapped up that way because it really is important for veterinary boards to understand um, how to really do the research um, in these uh, mishaps that happen. Uh, it is often so important to have the pet owner come in and talk because it gives the the boards more of a on-the-spot um, completely emotional, absolutely, but also factual, because this is how the pet owner perceived the services and the communication that they received. And if vet boards encouraged and included pet owners in the conversation they're having regarding a report to the board on someone, some veterinarian's um, care, it would be so much more impactful and a learning experience for everyone because the owner would learn what curious questions they need to ask going forward. The board would learn what kind of responsibility and information veterinarians need to give to their clients so they can do the best job, you know, post-surgery or making the best decisions on care for their pets. Um, and the boards would, as you said, uh, be able to more effectively monitor um, and punish when need be the people who are not necessarily living up to the standard of care to do no harm uh, that veterinarians are required to do. And, and I applaud you for that because it is a very delicate road to walk. It is something that needs to be done on this scale and maybe even a greater scale if we can, you and I will talk offline, but we can work together to create that ability for the boards to really listen to the clients, not just read the report that they write, but rather have them in and interview them. I remember, oh, several years ago, I was at a conference and a board was talking about how they review a complaint to a group of veterinarians so they knew what to expect. And of course, you know, no grass grows under my feet. And I raised my hand and I said, well, who tells the pet owner side of the um, complaint? And they go, well, we have a vet read it and explain it. And I said, well, that doesn't really give the pet owner 
closure. And you could even do it now because of our electronics by Zoom. You could have the client come in by Zoom if if the board is very meeting very far away from um, where the pet owner lives. But it, as you said, it gives that support and that shared understanding that I've been heard, respected, and understood for what I perceived at the time. And that yes. I think is is what is key to helping veterinarians be the best they can and not be fearful that, oh my God, I can't answer Scott because he's gonna sue me. Um, and also have the clients be empowered to have a conversation that they and the veterinarian listen first and then um, have comments that they need to make. It just is such an impactful, I hope we can have you back, Scott, because there's so much more to talk about on this. Um, and I know that you and I will talk offline, but I want to so thank you. Why don't you do me a favor and give everyone um, the way in which to learn more about, connect with, join Joey's Legacy. So uh, as it happens, we have a brand new website that should be live today or tomorrow. Uh, the website address is uh, www.joeyslegacy.org. That's uh, joeyslegacy.org. Uh, we have our Facebook uh, group page, which is called Joey's Legacy Vet Mal Victims, V-E-T-M-A-L, Victims. Uh, you could visit that group if you'd like to join, just ask to join. And you'll see some of the situations that, uh, a lot of our members are involved in. Not every member is a victim. Uh, many of us are. Uh, some of the some. I'm sorry. Some of the uh, members that are not victims are there to try to uh, gain an insight on how this might happen, and hopefully will never happen to them. Maybe be more educated, be more aware that these things do happen. And even though they've had a veterinarian for 40 years, and they've never had an incident, we're all human. Uh, we make mistakes. And what my message to the serial offenders, the bad actors, just do no harm. We don't want anything else from you. We're not asking anything else from you. Do no harm. Make as much money as you want, because sadly, money in many cases is a driving force. It shouldn't be, but it is. So make as much money as you want, but under any circumstances, do no harm. Absolutely. And on that, I think that's so powerful. We just want everyone to take care of our pets to their best ability and then take responsibility if, in fact, something goes wrong on all sides because things things happen. Yes. Scott, thank you so much. And again, that website for you to um, get more information is www.joeyslegacy.org. And I hope that um, more of my listeners will join because you don't need to have um, an incident to learn more about it and right. to be part of uh, a movement that just wants to have a conversation, which I think is brilliant. Yes. So Scott, thanks for coming on. This is, the, this is the culmination of the next episode of Why Do Pets Matter? I thank you so much, everyone, for being here, especially Scott Fine, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton, and this podcast is my passion. Do you have a great guest or idea for a topic you'd like me to explore? Go to my website and click contact at Hamilton Law and Mediation. That's Hamilton 
law, L-A-W, and A-N-D, mediation, M-E-D-I-A-T-I-O-N.com. Until next week, our pets do matter. This is Deborah Hamilton thanking you for being here. <laughs>